0: Welcome to the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Pastor Keith, and you are joining us for a Father Seekers Podcast where we discuss uh, ideas and topics and and, and questions that uh, a lot of a lot of men have in their lives. Joining me as always is Pastor Barry Edgeman, the founder and creator of the Father Seekers Podcast and Father Seekers in general. Uh, sir, t- tell me about what this show today is all about.
1: Well, Keith, first of all, it's good to be here. But secondly, I want to confess to you that I fell off the wagon. We were going to do this one-off thing for the rest of the year. Yep. Because it's
0: holiday season. Yep, this is the second one-off we're about to do here.
1: Yeah, well. Yep. Last week was The Power of Gratitude.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. Good episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. I. But I fell back into the the series thing, at least in title only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's The Power, the power of Cadre. What's what's cadre mean? Redefining accountability. That's what the word means? No, cadre, I'll tell you that in a minute, but in short, it's a really an awesome word. It's a military term actually. And it's it's a it's a group of well-trained uh specifically well-trained people who who actually are very gifted at what they do, but they're a nucleus of trained personnel around which a larger organization can be built. And part of the definition is it's, it's a tightly knit group of zealots who are active in advancing the interest of a revolutionary party. Repeat that. It is a tightly knit group of zealots who are active in advancing the interest of a revolutionary party. Can you define zealots? Yeah. Uh, John the Baptist was considered to be an off, off the grid, out of the box, didn't color in the lines guy. Zealots were guys in the Bible. There was a group of people called the Zealots, actually. And they were radical revolutionaries who were so radical, not the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but they were so religiously holy that they would, they would go to war for the cause of Christ. In 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 essence, that's they. You became a zealot to to fight the battle of Christ. Which, if you look back at history and you track hard enough and read between a couple of the lines, you will actually see that that's where the night the Templars came from, mm. the zealots. I mean, you got to connect some dots, but but that's the truth. So the Knights Templar is that still a thing? <laughs> 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 that's another. That's another podcast series
0: Uh, they're the they're the the freemasons right well
1: yeah well well, sort no i wouldn't go there i wouldn't go there but yeah they they have some roots there but if you want to know the real story watch the trilogy of um the tom hanks trilogy of angels and demons Ah, and yeah yeah. yeah, the the
0: so so those people they, the the mm-hmm. movie portrays them to be kind of eccentric, kind yeah. of crazy, kind yeah. of uh, almost terroristic. Terroristic, yeah. If you
1: go way back, yeah, in, in present
0: day. So, is, yeah. so are zealots in that regard that?
1: Uh, that's a form of being a zealot, yeah. But a zealot, is, a, a zealot could be, it's, it's a group of people who are so committed to a particular cause that they will fight at the drop of a hat to protect the mission and vision of the
0: cause. Can you also be a zealot without fighting? and just by taking stance with uh principle? well
1: there's 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 in my world there's physical fights and and there's spiritual fights i've narrowed it down i'm a simple man and i've narrowed things down to to bare minimum i'm minimalistic in my thinking so if you're if you have a physical fight that's one thing, but if you have a spiritual fight, that's another. And what's interesting about spiritual fights and physical fights is that they interchange and fuse together most of the time, whether, and, and when I say spiritual fights, uh, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We we wrestle and fight against principalities, powers and evil, evil forces in dark world, in the dark world. So that has to be fought in the physical realm. But when we think about warriors or, or, or army or or navy or marines or coast guard or who did i miss army navy marines coast guard air force uh when you talk about those people who fight wars that is also in the physical but we find all wars and all fighting in spiritual places. we find that they generate and they they are orchestrated from heavenly realms and dark places All wars, all fights, whether they are personal, national, international, a group, whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That that's proven in history.
1: Like Thursday nights, our Thursday night group. I would consider a handful of guys in that room zealots for the good. Oh yeah, yeah, for the good, for the cause of Christ. If you go back to original, the original terminology and where the words were formed. It was out of that time in history they were named zealots for a reason like they were on they were armed to the teeth i think i think peter would have been the closest to a zealot uh, i've often said that peter the apostle the disciple and then the apostle i've often said that he was a redneck <laughs> the reason why is that he fished and he carried a knife
0: well, I mean, is that just a prerequisite? No, that's part of it. I mean, I carry. I, mean, I, I, I mean, I'm definitely not a redneck. Yeah. Well.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Def, we can change the definition. But my point is <laughs> that I think that zealots were people who fought for a particular cause, and there you could not change their you couldn't you couldn't change their mind on on this particular cause. So there are zealots in all sorts of different in different walks of life. But when we talk about this, this being a zealot for the cause of Christ, then we're talking about, about one, one particular thing. But in this case, we're talking about accountability, like the, like the power of, of cadre, the redefining accountability. Like I've been in conversations even as late as last night and, over the past week and a half, I've been in conversations with groups of guys and individual guys who have, I mean, we just dove right in on this, didn't we? We didn't even do any no chitter-chatter. Chitter, chatter. Uh, I've been in several conversations where guys have had circumstances and situations arise in their lives where they didn't have any accountability and groups of guys, too. Where And, and oddly enough, here's the thing about – here's the thing about – the redefining why we read need to redefine accountability. We read need to redefine it because most people think in regard to personal accountability. uh, And I'm finding this a lot in the church, especially as I grow older about things that need to be redefined. And we tend to think that accountability is only for correction like i need keith in my life to correct me when i when i don't do right and then we have to ask the question where what is the matrix whereby we judge am i doing right and and the matrix that keith uses to judge my behavior my activity my actions my my production my what am am i sticking to personal mission in my life so is keith there to be a corrector a form, a form of the holy spirit that's not really what accountability is about. It's I don't need somebody to correct me.
0: I don't need that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So give me a how, how would you define accountability? Because I, 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 I'm I pretty sure I, I know it. Yeah. But what how, how, do you, how are, you, are we going to play this?
1: In our world, in the world you and I walk in, work in, one of them anyway, one of the universes we walk and work in is accountability is just It's an, it's a form and a piece of discipleship of being a disciple. All right. So you've heard it said before, you've heard people say, you know, the guy's not going to learn by osmosis. You know what osmosis is? You, they should know it because they're around you. They should know. In other words, there's this mental telepathy going on that people should be able to read your mind and know what's going on. Right. So, and we've got this big deal about osmosis where we expect and uh, anticipate that people learn from us uh, or, or they should at least know, um, you know, they should know what we're thinking and then they should go about it and go do it. Right. They should understand and, and they should grasp the piece here because They're just around us and they should know this. Uh, That's, you know, for so long, for so many years, I've heard people say, well, what do you expect? Do you expect them to learn that by osmosis? Well, here's, here's the real, here's the real story. Osmosis is, it talks about, or it means, uh, it has to do with molecules and, and membranes and a concentrated solution the process of gradual or unconscious assimilation or of ideas like people if they're around you they know a couple things about you already you don't have to tell them because they've observed it and they've learned it by being around you so they know that that's that's osmosis they they accumulate knowledge by assimilation by being around you like thursday night we accumulate uh, we accumulate knowledge about one another and about scripture and about the Bible because we're around it. We're in it. We're like, yep, we're delving right. into it. Yeah. But there's another word for that. I'm reading a whole book now, a philosophical book on tacit knowledge, T-A-C-I-T knowledge.
0: T-A-C-I-T.
1: Yeah. And it, 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 it is, it is osmosis on steroids. It's like it, it is the things that we learn from one another Because of our exposure and because of the way we live and talk and and act and execute our vision. So it's beyond osmosis. It's way beyond that. And and tacit knowledge is part of this thing that we do in accountability. It's like when you get around, um, let's see, when you get around Dallas Cox. Pastor Dallas. PD. Mm -hmm. When we get around... Pastor Dallas, we know that a couple of things are going to happen. Number one, he's got the loudest, funniest, happiest laugh mm-hmm. of anybody I've ever heard. He he spills joy over to other he people. He spills, he's a joy
0: spiller over. Mm-hmm. He's spilling joy all over the floor and he don't care.
1: Yeah. And he does not mop it up and he does not expect anybody else to mop it up.
0: He expects us all to lap it up. Ooh, I like that. We're in a sermon here now.
1: Let's go. Uh, but I think also with him you also know that he is a guy that in in his in his lifestyle in his work uh, in what he does is he is a he is a firm believer and this is one of the things that I've noticed about him he is a firm believer in in just being kind to people
0: yes yeah
1: he he's one of the kindest people people I know right so and and you do not you do not have to go you do not have to sit with him and you do not have to he doesn't have to tell you that he's kind and that he, he's funny you get that by assimilation by being around him by being present with him and you you get that by being exposed to him like um when he he will find something funny about most things and be able to expand and expose you to to happiness with it like he's just he's got one now that being said he's a he's probably probably one of the top three best kids pastors in the nation
0: i don't I can't really think of one that's better so i'm gonna no. i'm gonna give him the number one yeah. spot yeah uh i'm just I'm just being kind you, you well you're being you're being yeah. uh humble yeah humble about it but uh, uh him him as one of my one of my best friends i'd say yeah uh, i'd say one isn't even an exaggeration first about no, yeah
1: no because of what he does and he is a multifaceted kind of guy like um he can do he does a lot of things that most people don't know he does and he's very gifted at it and what's interesting about that whole piece uh is that um He's probably
0: the most humble guy I know. Yeah. Uh, probably. Yeah. He's, he's more humble than me. And that's for sure. And I pride myself on being decently humble. Yeah.
1: So you don't, he doesn't have to tell you that. We know that
0: about him because we're just near observing him. his we, character and And note, and, yeah. and the good thing about like that, that concept of accountability in the form of, of osmosis is when you surround yourself with those people, it's like an it's like an animal kingdom. Yeah. You are either going to survive in that pack yeah. or you will not. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to survive in that pack, it, it involves you becoming part of the pack and contributing. Okay.
1: So now we're talking about we've just we just crossed the line into tacit knowledge because with Pastor Dallas, you don't ever talk negative about anybody. You don't ever gossip.
0: If you want to be a part of his past, no, no.
1: you do not. So that's tacit knowledge. It's things that you know about people that you learn by, by being close, by being assimilated into his group and his, his circle, his core. And you know because that's who he is that if you're going to be a part of this, then that you have to be this way. You cannot bring garbage on other people into his circle because he won't tolerate it but he doesn't have to tell you that you know that yeah that's tacit knowledge and when i talk about accountability that's what i'm talking about is that we have to redefine this about about we don't have to walk around the world and and especially our brothers closest to us don't need somebody else to correct them
0: yeah i i myself like personally how i respond to Criticism and feedback, uh, pointing out my faults and flaws, is not the way to get me to correct mm. it. It's actually a way to get me to retract, and I counter correct by over counter correcting. And because when you when I'm a person that lacks personal confidence, a lot of it, mm. uh, I come across it that I am confident person, but I'm mm. not. So for me, if you if you to if you were to correct me by pointing out the things that I'm doing very poor, it's actually going to crumble any progress that I'd currently Mm -hmm. made to up that point. It's not, it's not that action doesn't make me pause and become in a stronger, faster machine that, that action actually pauses me and makes me go back to my first model.
1: Well, see you just defined most men and you've also just defined why accountability needs to be redefined as personal discipleship. It's a one-on-one personal discipleship and actually the the model of one-on-one is exactly what Jesus not only propagated and initiated in the in his kingdom but he also taught people how to do it there's an interesting term uh when you talk about discipleship uh in that stri- basically discipleship is it means a disciplined one who follows after another's way and it when you hear discipline, most of the time people think, oh, you're going to get spanked or beat like it, it's, it's in the South. When you hear the word discipline, it means, oh, you just got, you just got whooped is what that means. But that's not what it means. It means that somebody who is above you and beyond you in a certain way is helping you learn the way to walk properly in that way.
0: Does an accountability, so we're kind of talking accountability partners. Um, yeah, we're we're actually yeah, we would call
1: it that, but it's beyond that now. It's beyond like, and I think Thursday night's been an elevator for me to get to that point. Is and I said to a group of men last night, I said, if you do not have a cadre of men around you, you will never make it in this world. Yeah. in fact, you will crash and burn, and you will die alone. I I think
0: that that's it, it's a it's a part of armor for sure. When I came to this church, I it was called an accountability partner and both me and the person to whom is still my accountability partner. Uh, at the time when, uh, when it was proposed, we'd be each other's accountability. We didn't even know really what we were saying, mm-hmm. like, but we knew it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing with this accountability, partner to whom is one of, again, one of my best friends that I've ever had in my life. Uh, is it because he was my accountability partner or is it because we just are naturally compatible as friends? Um, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, that we weren't far off each other in our journeys, right? It wasn't a, a wise mentor that was my accountability partner. My accountability partner was somebody who is in the same season of my of my Christ walk. So mm-hmm. when we when when we discuss accountability people, people that are going to hold you accountable, they don't need to be supremely further down the trail from you. No,
1: that's a mentor. That's not an accountability partner. Mentors don't want to invest their time in being your accountability partner. They want to take you where you are as you see yourself and then help you get to the next level of that. They, you don't need the wisdom and the depth of a mentor or coach in your life to be your accountability partner. If you're doing that, first of all, you're wasting your time and theirs because that's not what they're designed for. And most coaches and mentors who are seasoned at it won't do that. They won't do. They won't be an accountability partner. Now they'll have an accountability partner, but I think the way uh, that you just described it is the way that Jesus designed it. Is that that He pairs us with people who are on at least a reasonably same track or journey, mm-hmm. so that they can walk together, like the guys on the road to Emmaus. They were in the same position, basically, little different, little different pieces of their lives. But they were similar. They were they they understood where the other was. They understood they could grasp and and hold on to uh this guy's just not blowing smoke or giving me an opinion. He is telling me what he's walking through right now and how it's affected his life. Mm-hmm. And how can we do that together and come together as one unit uh and do things God's way. You know, God himself said it's not good for man to be alone and he was referring to women to having a, a mate a wife but i would take that a step further through my life experience in coaching and mentoring part of my life and i would say that it man is not meant to be alone either without my words a cadre of men around him he needs he needs more than just the voice of his wife in his life mm-hmm he needs the voice of the holy spirit obviously but yeah. he needs other men in his life. Now let's talk about this. Let's talk about this 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 one-on-one this discipleship thing. Because discipleship is simply walking with somebody to in in agreement on the best and most disciplined way. In other words, we are following the way of another. So we want to begin to pattern, emulate, imitate and and even project who we're following in our lives. Obviously, Jesus, there's a Latin word that I love, a Latin phrase, and it is quorum Deo. Quorum Deo is face-to-face in the presence of God. That means that that there's a position with God where I stand with him face-to-face so close, the idea here is in Latin, that you can feel the breath of God on your face. Now, that's close. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: The question is, do we have another men, a man or an other men in our lives that we can walk with who are, who are who are there? Not above us or below us, but with us. You know, you made a statement in several podcasts back that if you want to judge where you are in wealth and wisdom, you know, you want to be in the middle of five guys. Yeah,
0: you take five of your closest right. friends spiritually or financially. <laughs> You take their let's go finances. You take their finances. You add all together. Their annual incomes and add add all five together. Divide it by five. I promise you, that's where you, that's how much money you make a year. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, so if we take that spiritually. You take five people that are closest to you. Take their spirituality. You take their uh, uh, their activity with Christ. Their their thirst for knowledge with Christ. You take everything that's involved in. How 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 fast they grow? How much they how how much they've grown? Divide that by five. That's probably one hundred percent where you are. You, that you the, are the sum of five of your closest yeah. in all things you do.
1: Yeah, you are. Uh, you know what? Just sitting here thinking about it in 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 the form of equation. God always puts us in a place where we have something to look up to and forward to but also have a hand extended down to and behind to help people up to help them get where we are and i think that equation of 5 that you just shared i think that's a good marker for us that if we've all if if we're the top of the heap in that group and everybody if we're if we don't have somebody that we're excelling toward then we're going to stay the same, dangerously so.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how very frequent that actual equation is. Like, I don't know how frequent that the scenario you just said. I I don't know how frequent men keep four of their closest friends. I don't think they would say their closest friends are that far below them. I think that every every, uh, um, cohort of five in your life Like the closest to you, I would, I, I, that the situation where there's not one, you will go finances that isn't financially Mm -hmm. better off than you. Mm -hmm. It's just not a, it's just not a a cohort that exists very frequently. Mm -hmm. We almost gravitate, as men, we always gravitate towards someone who does, who's doing something more, like instinctively, as predators, we, to learn more. And then we always, as men, we also just fall in the category of that's probably the worst of me. You know, the, if you talk um, uh, attitudes, outlooks, language, stuff like that, we, we probably surround ourselves with people that are unsavory and people mm. that are very savory. And, it, and I, would, I would venture to guess the vast majority of our listeners and probably men in general have people in their lives that, is, that are better off and worse off in their close five. I, I know for yeah. sure I do. I yeah. know for sure I do in every, yeah. aspect, every aspect of my life. If you talk spirituality, if you talk finances, if you talk uh, just um, how how I behave or how behavior is, within the, my five closest people, there's definitely, I can point out people that behave the worst in my five and people that behave better than me. And mm-hmm. it's not, I am not on the high horse in this group. I'm right in the middle.
1: -hmm. You know, you know. There's several groups. You're you're pointing out something here that every man needs in his life, and there are several groups of people. There's got to be that cadre of men who, who, uh, when demons come, these are the guys you call. Those are the guys you call. And these are
0: so. Let's define accountability then. Yeah. Uh, And in the show notes here, we have accountability as uh, people that walk along the side of, Mm -hmm. and I absolutely have. That Mm -hmm. with if we go my accountability partner, my accountability partner, for sure. But then even the closest five, I'll even raise that number to fifteen. The closest fifteen people in my life, all of them check that box. They walk alongside of me, Mm -hmm. not walk in front of me and drag me, Mm -hmm. not walk behind me and push me, or say slow down. I need to keep up. They're side by side with me. Now again, the difference between an accountability partner, accountability person in your life or an influence in your life, which is different than someone who's trying to mentor you or that's trying to actually belittle you. Because sometimes mm. we confuse mentors with people that are just belittling right. us. And belittling us is to make us littler. Yeah. You know? So if you're if you if your group of people you're talking about aren't walking with you. But constantly, like you said, Pastor Barry, but constantly are just pointing out, hey, you're not keeping up. Mm-hmm. That's really not accountability person. No. That's more of a person either trying to mentor you with good intentions or trying to belittle you with poor intentions. Well,
1: I know a lot of guys who think they're mentors and coaches, but really they're just dumb rookies that haven't sure. acknowledged. I need. I need somebody in my life. The, the right. statement
0: I've been saying more and more frequently in my life is, you know, just enough to get stupid. Yeah, yeah and and that's yeah. and I'm saying it more right. for myself. Like, right. I, I know just enough to be dumb.
1: You know what? What's interesting about the kingdom is this, and this whole area of accountability is that the greatest accountability partner that any of us have uh, is, and he is not a partner per se; he is a counselor. But it's, it's the Holy Spirit, the great counselor, the great, the the greatest of counsel. Mm-hmm. And when we are walking with other men who believe and see that, then we see other. Have you ever have you ever seen a prism in the sunlight? Like you yeah. look at it from different yeah. directions. That's what that's what a cadre is in your life. Is you've got these guys who are ride or die, fight to death. Uh, these are the guys that when you, when your kid gets hurt and is in the hospital, these are the guys you call. Yeah. These are the guys you birthday party with.
0: Mm-hmm. The side by sides,
1: right? And mm-hmm. and when. When the light, when the sun shines in prism, depending on the the direction you look, you see all sorts of different colors and different projections. That's what a cadre is. That's why when we talk about accountability, accountability means we walk uh, uh, those who walk alongside us. First, the Holy Spirit, but then other men, and this is beside your wife, not 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 only your wife. Some guys only listen to their wives. You will you will crash your marriage if you do that. You will crash your marriage if all you listen to is your wife. I'm telling you.
0: There'll be a point in time in your marriage where you get well, tired of hearing her mouth. Well, biblically speaking, the the wife becomes the husband, the husband becomes the okay. wife. They we become one human being. So if you do just only listen yeah. to your spouse, you are running the risk of only listening to yourself.
1: Right. You you're you're helping me define my point further. I like that. Um, that's what i'm here for yeah but (laughs) but i think some guys when their wife gets off cue and they get off cue or they get off cue and their wife gets off cue then we begin to give um, emotionally driven opinions i don't like opinions anymore i like observations but we all all go through times in our marriages where we need to pause and take a break and say, wait, let's recalibrate. Let's get this back online. Here, yeah. We're off a little bit. So that, that's where that's where this group of cadre guys can, bro, the way that you talked to your wife the other day, oh, you can't
0: do that. Like you need that voice in your life. If, or you, if, if if acting like that is what you're bringing to market for people to see, <clears throat> right. then, then yes, accountability partner. But then again, too, as we say this, that doesn't mean go and share every conflict or secret no, you have no. with your wife with a group of dudes because that right. that will no. also end very poorly no. what we're talking
1: about here is guys who are on the same they're on the same track of becoming like jesus and they walk alongside with you there are some things that only you and your
0: wife should know 100 and there are a lot of let's it's not just some there are a lot of things that yeah, there, only you and your wife should be on the same like yeah only yeah. you and your wife should be reading the page. Right. Not not, not right. on the same page, only reading Agreed. the page. But there are a lot of other things like how we interact.
1: There's some uni- how we treat. There are some universal rules that need to be enforced by your cadre group. Mm-hmm. They're universal.
0: And universally speaking, they it this goes to the second point here of accountability. Universally speaking, because there's course confirmation, conformation, confirmation, confirmation. To biblical truths. So what that's saying is that your group of friends is is also validating the biblical truths, yeah. describing the biblical truths with you. As in, I have a question here. Oh, I have a question here? Let's discuss this. But also confirming or denying. Hey, biblically, you you sure you're in line right there? You, you sure you're good? Right. Because if you think you're good, I mean, I'm only here to just put up a flag. Yeah. Then then that's you. But I am here to put up a flag. If if I if I maybe be like, are you sure?
1: Right. And I think there are things that like there's personal knowledge that we share with our wives and they, with us and that's forever private to the grave. But then there's, there's, there's scenarios that we share with our, our brothers that we say, you know, we're going through this, this financial decision right now. And I don't want to, it's between us, but here's, here's what we're using to calibrate how we're thinking. Mm -hmm. What do you think? And then, And then when you are walking in in relationship with guys like that, they're so closely knit that first it's 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 the Lord himself. Then it's scripture. Then it's are we conformed? Are we conforming to the image of Christ? And then that's where the course correction comes in. And course correction doesn't mean a bad thing. Course correction means, hey, wait a minute. We took a left turn. We need to back up, and take a right mm-hmm. turn.
0: Because you took a wrong left turn, doesn't mean you're still not going to get to your destination. Right,
1: you just detour. Just,
0: just mean we got a detour. Yeah, a we bit. got
1: it. We we got. But when we detour, we need somebody beside us that said, "You know, I did that same thing a year ago. Mm-hmm. Here's how you
0: course correct. If 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 a road is closed yeah. from your work to your yeah. home, yeah." is it wrong that you have to follow their detour to get home? And that, and the road construction is a very good thing because a very good comparison because road construction is not something you have done. It's not your fault. They're constructing that road. Right. That's just life. Right. So we are always to follow a detour. Right. And we can complain about it and moan about it and be like, Oh, this detour, but that's not going to get us home any faster. Right. Uh,
1: You know, life does that. It pitches to us sometimes things that we didn't see coming, and that's why it's called life. You know, the other thing about accountability is that we don't do a lot as men is we don't celebrate.
0: Yeah, I we don't celebrate the good stuff. That's the last part of this accountability. Having like accountability partner, accountability brother, accountability uh, uh, friend, is that they're also included in the celebration because they helped get there. You know, they help get there in their, in their small way of encouraging and promoting you, Mm -hmm. you know, my accountability partner, uh, he's, he's, he's been, my, my kids call him uncle Johnny, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I love that Mm -hmm. because in my journey, um, did he, did he teach me much? Did he teach me a lot because I, I asked him to no, but because I observed him. And then when I had questions like, Hey man, this one, this, what's going on with me right now, what do you think I should do? Or what would you do? Or you know what I'm saying? And we are we taught each other in this process. Sometimes more him pouring to me, sometimes me more pouring mm-hmm. to him. But I'll tell you what, the celebration portion of that is that my kids understand who he is in my life and also value him, not even because I've told them to. Mm. But it's like he has an aura when he walks into our house. Tacit knowledge. That my kids are like they're when they see when they see Johnny, they oh my gosh, they they're running around they're hug- they're hugging them mm-hmm. and I never told them to do that mm-hmm. I never said that's tacit knowledge- mm-hmm. they instinctively know his position mm-hmm. in my house yeah because of the position he has in my life right and
1: and as as we talk about that as the, if that were the template for us to have in our lives then when we start talking about what is a cadre, then again, it's the nucleus of trained personnel around which a larger organization can be built and trained. It is a li- a tightly knit group of zealots who are active in advancing the interests of the revolutionary party. Again, extremist
0: or not? Uh, no, can be I, both. I think
1: I think when we talk about extremists, we think about uh, different religious groups around the world that we've hear about in the news. But when we talk about when we talk about being a zealot, we talk about, in my mind, we talk about at this point, and this was uh, symbolic of what the, the zealots did in Jesus' day. They were so sold out to him that they understood the taking of his kingdom only one way, through, through war, through war. to hand When we talk about being a zealot for Christ, when we talk about being a zealot and holding true to the commandments of Scripture and walking in the Spirit, Paul says in Galatians, staying in step with the Spirit. We are so determined and so sold out that we're not going to compromise one part of our lives to be satisfactory for culture or for somebody that's walking in a lesser position than we are with Christ. Well, that's we're, really good. We're completely sold out to what, if the Scripture says to stay in step with the Spirit, to walk in step with the Spirit, then we understand what that is and we do it. If, if the scripture says that we should be truthful in all manner of conversation. In in other words, don't lie. Well, lying, you can really define that and you can get around it. You can tell the truth and not tell the truth. But a brother's going to say to you, wait a minute, I know, that's, I know what you're saying here, but I just know that that's not the truth in your life. So when you have somebody that's committed and then the standard – by which we we use the standard we fight with the missional, visional piece that we use as the scripture, but it's a it's a conservative, historical, Christian, Judeo Christian uh, uh, tran- translation of understanding what that scripture really means. Do, have we taken into consideration the context and the language and? where where and to whom it was written we were just having this conversation before the show started about what does scripture really say and what are the little pieces in scripture historical pieces that actually change the whole meaning and context of the scripture not in regard to salvation but like a deeper understanding of the spiritual truth and knowledge in the scripture it's a guy who studies the scripture who knows that he just it's not like uh it's not like taking scripture and twisting it to your own personal uh gain it's what did jesus say and what did jesus mean and how do we apply that to our lives it's that guy that walks beside that's what walking beside you means yeah that's what a zealot is in in my understanding if we're so sold out to being men of god that we do whatever it takes to be a man of god that's a
0: zealot all right um so how do how do we form like I don't know how do we form the discipline. How do how do we get into the right state of mind uh, to have an a, accountability or an accountability person enter your life? First off, you you said it a while ago.
1: You got to humble yourself and know that you're not the final you're not the final voice and final authority yeah. in your life. I said it Sunday when I spoke. I, uh, I said I said, are you at the place in your life where you're ready to make the Lord Jesus Christ give Him first position and final authority?
0: And if you, uh, you can answer yes every day and because you're answering yes for the first time today, doesn't mean you're, you're, doesn't mean you Uh. failed. It actually means you just won.
1: No, it's a full, yeah, it's a full on commitment. You're stepping through a doorway, crossing a threshold that, that, that you don't ever have to cross again, but you have to lean into it and live into it.
0: Yeah. It's your choice if you step out of it. Right. It's like, it's like opening a door. It's your choice if you want to stay in the room or not.
1: Or you can step across the threshold and just get inside the door and lean against the wall and watch everybody walk past you. That's, that's not what this is about. You and I, we as men have to understand that the deeper we get into life and the older that we get, and I'm, I'm talking about qualifications and quantifications here. When I say deeper, uh, we get to a place where we cannot do it alone. If you can do life alone, you are living in either a desert or a cave, because you well, can't, you, you can't, well, even there, you can't live alone. Or a glacier. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I just think that there's a lot yeah. more places. There are probably, but <laughs> my point is that you, man was not made to live or be alone. And he was made to have exchange with other people so that they together could do this missional thing. So first of all, to to have a life, to live a life of accountability, first to God, through the Holy Spirit, with the relationship with Jesus, you need other people around you. Jesus chose 12 guys for a reason. That they all were different. They all had different functions. They all were gifted different. But they did, they carried out the mission together. You as a guy alone cannot carry out the mission that the Lord has for your life alone. You can't do it
0: alone. You need other people I, around you. I think you can do it, but your results will be different. Will vary right results will vary well the more people the more the more you go into the idea of humbling yourself and bringing people into your life that can hold you accountable and you them uh your results won't vary them you'll start getting atypical results here's the most or is that right you'll no, start getting results that are typical
1: uh you can live a life of addition which most people tend to live, or you can live a life of a multiplication or you can live a life to the power of,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to the okay. power, the, the tenth power. You oh. can live or that kind of life.
0: So okay, so let's say we're at that. We're I'm ready to be humble. Maybe I, maybe I could benefit from having someone in my life that I could bounce ideas off of. That could, could when they see red red flags pop up, they can be like, Hey, do you, you see that? Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, and, and who I can celebrate and, and and have encouragement, who I can celebrate life with and give and, give and get encouragement from and to. Um, so you're at that point. How do you construct an accountability person or group? How do you, how do you, how do you stumble across that?
1: Well, I think if you're, if you're in relationship with people, there are some people that you gravitate to, not because they tell you what you want to hear, but they tell you what you need to know
0: and they do it in a way that's digestible for right. you. Now right. I've had people that have told me probably things I've needed to hear, but they said it in such a a, a bad way that I never felt better leaving their presence. And they, they they while while they were good intended, those weren't the people that are going to be an accountability person in my life because right. Right. I mean th- like the other parts of these th- this definition, they also uh, they have to just be on this. I have to be compatible with, right? Even if people have good intentions, but are complete—I don't know—you jerks about the way they you, deliver it. You just, that doesn't just, mean that they should be your accountability person.
1: No. There, there are jerks and mean people, and then there's there's well-intentioned dragons who they mean well, but they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, and and most people are in that category.
0: And so it's like it's like any relationship that is going to, be, and this is uh, this is a personal deep relationship. That you have uh when you start doing when you start getting into life things, your heart things. Those are serious relationships. It's just like I would say, kind of like dating for the for the first time. Mm. Even though they're this person's attractive or this person's probably set off really good in life, doesn't mean that they're compatible with me, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So, w- with, like you said, the the well-intended dragons. It's they could be. If they're jerks and, again, your relationship isn't great, it be really tough to build an accountability partner no. with them. Even if they're saying things that you probably need to hear, but you still feel icky, you don't feel lifted, you don't definitely feel like you're walking side by side, but that you're trying to keep up with them or they're pushing you, uh, that's probably not the person for you.
1: No, I think to further define is that you you have to, in looking, you, you have to be... The first piece is to be humble and know that you don't know everything, but you need somebody to walk alongside you. And then you have to, to qualify people. And the qualification is, who is it that I've prayed and asked God to send me? And then when I pray that prayer, I begin to look for them. Not somebody, again, that tells me what I want to hear, but tells me what I need to know.
0: And can like, and telling it in my language and
1: communicate it to you. Well, mm-hmm. like there are people that I talk to that I know that I tend, I tend to, I don't intentionally do it, but I, I, I tend to talk over people's heads sometimes. I don't intend. I, it's not my purpose. So I have to, I have to recalibrate the way I communicate. And when you are in tune with the person you're talking about, again, they're not telling what you, what you want to hear, what you need to know. They, they, are, they have one ear to heaven and one ear in your conversation. Those are the people that you need to have around you.
0: Yeah, great. And so so, so you're, you're at that point, need an accountability partner, would like an accountability partner, prayed for one. Um, oh, I think I found someone. Oh, this, this might actually work. Uh, how do you maintain it? Well, I feel like that's an easier answer than the rest.
1: Uh, yeah. So the way that you maintain it is the way that you maintain, uh, your vehicle. Uh, you use your vehicle for a lot of things. You, you use it for acquiring, for traveling, for emergencies, for, for rest and relaxation. Uh so your your relationship with with your cadre of guys or your, or you got and you really need a group you need a couple of guys but then you need a group of guys but the way that you maintain that is that you don't you don't always make everything heavy you get to the point in the relationship and relationship means quality time spent There has to be a quantity of time, but quality of time spent so that they can know you and you can know them and you can understand and they can understand who you are. And because you're on the same mission and you're driven for the same purpose and you're becoming and you're imitating Jesus and you're walking in his way, as first John says, if you truly love God, you're going to walk in the same footsteps that Jesus walked. So if those are the guys you're with, then you're going to get to know each other. And I think the Holy Spirit speeds that learning curve up. Uh, And it's called giving you the same heart or the same spirit, a unity, a a spirit of unity. And I think sometimes we only talk about the spirit of unity in the church. But in, in reality, this is the brass tacks of the church where guys come together and they your term. Out of the scriptures, iron sharpens iron, uh, which that's another one of those scriptures that like doesn't uh, work. It's actually, it's, it's,
0: a, it's, a, it's uh, spoiler alert. Iron actually can't sharpen iron. It makes sparks. It makes fire. It, 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 all it, does. it actually only makes things warm. Yeah. When two metals of the same uh, of the, of the same hardness rub against each other, it just yeah. builds friction, which actually is the point of that's,
1: that. That is the point. That if, Where,
0: that if you are rubbing two elements together that are of the same hardness, so we right. will save the same knowledge, and you're yeah. just rubbing them back and forth, it's only going to cause friction. So what that says is like iron sharpens iron. It's more like a, uh, actually, that's not how iron can sharpen I, iron. So act in a way that it, with that mentality to know that two people of the same parallel don't always, it, it won't produce sharpness. You yeah. have to need, you need another with more knowledge are more right. in, in the terms of metal, more hardness right. in order to sharpen the softer of the metal.
1: I think that, and I think that speaks of mentorship, but I also think that there's something about two brothers who are similar and walking on the same track get together and they can start a fire together. Yeah, it just gets, warm, fast. just gets warm, baby. just gets warm. We can start fires yeah, real fast. It gets friction. Let's hope the fires are good yeah. fires. But in the maintenance of this, you have to spend time, and it doesn't always have to be heavy, it doesn't always have to be. Uh, the guys that I hang out with, it's rarely ever heavy, because we've been together for so long. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I like that. Re- but there are there are times there are, there are times to to get things serious and heavy, and then there's times to yeah. celebrate. The serious and heavy usually tends to get
1: shorter. Sometimes it's really long, but it tends to get shorter over time because you you've you've rhythmed together.
0: Yeah. I like that. So great. Uh, We, we had one, one off episode. It, It was good. It felt good. It was a good season. <laughs> <laughs> so we're th- thank you for joining us for this episode of, of Father Seeker's podcast the uh the episode series that to whom we uh, or which we don't know how long it's going to go is the power of cadre this episode was uh I don't know if redefining or just actually kind of defining yeah defining accountability yeah. we'll do some power of next week but I don't know what it is you don't know what it is yet no, the Holy Spirit hasn't no, talked to Pastor Barry of. about it yet but in, in order to 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 know what he's what next week is. This is cool. This is a cool way to, to spin it. If you want to hear the Holy Spirit's going to tell Barry to talk about next week, you <laughs> got to show up next week. And in order to show up next week, I would recommend subscribing to mm. our podcast because if something were to happen where one of us has to leave the city for a little bit, travel on business or what what will you, um, and we don't record an episode next week, subscribing to the podcast lets you know when new episodes drop and when they drop frequently or infrequently. You just still want to be in the know. So I recommend subscribing to the podcast, uh, telling a person or, or one or two or three or four, or maybe your entire cadre uh, to listen to the podcast because we're making this for to better men, to better fathers, to better uh, husbands, brothers in uh, in the kingdom of Christ. So yeah, with, with that, we, we are very excited for you to join us again next week as we bring episode two of The Power of Cadre. Thank you for listening to Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Pastor Keith for Pastor Barry. Bye-bye. Later.